one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's chattering time. Oh, I see what you did there. Look in my eyes. What do you see? It's a podcast reviewing the year that was CM Punk's first year in AEW. I'm Ross Twiddell from Cultaholic Wrestling, joined by Tom Campbell and CM Punk's number one fanboy, Jack the Job. <laughs> How are we doing, lads? Fanboy. Fanboy. Oh, fan. Just fan. Fanboy fan makes man. it sound like um. <laughs> fanboy makes it sound like um. One of those people who's like my Twitter accounts, just him. It is and, the uh, header. Uh, I saw. Just keep on, just keep on replying to gifs of punks and stuff like Burr! he slayed. Do I have everyone's attention oh, now? Goodness yeah. me. It'll see, and punk jokes start us off nice. Right. August the 20th, <laughs> 2022 was the one year anniversary of CM Punk in AEW. Let's cast our minds back, though, to August the 20th, 2021. The first dance. A night where, quite frankly, if AEW did not produce CM Punk, I think they should have closed their doors. But they, they did. Move, so yeah. that's besides the point. Any abiding memories of the first night? We're going to go through this chronologically, of course, and then come to some sort of conclusion. Has CM Punk's first year in AEW been a success, a failure, a somewhere in between. I remember <laughs> confusion and a touch of arrogance in the office as well, actually, mm. because I remember myself and Ross saying, we're quite worried that CM Punk's going to come out in the first segment, Tom. Mm. And then I believe it was other members of the office were like, no, nah, it'll be fine. We'll have all time <laughs> to do it. And he came out first and me and Ross were like, oh, no. And it was like action stations. So I, my abiding memory of it was panic. Um, but also... AEW have since referred to it as the worst kept secret in wrestling yeah. deliberately so and I think it did its job perfectly the debut to be honest I think it was wonderfully done how they did it out first and foremost because it's all everyone was talking about for mm. the show the longer they prolonged that the more people just go CM Punk and disregard everything that was happening because yeah. that the the whole night it would have just been CM Punk CM Punk CM Punk yeah. every, for everything but then I kind of as, as an agent of chaos I quite like the thought of them holding off for as long as possible, teasing it another five times throughout the night, having MJF come out to punk music and stuff like that, but have him right at the end. But then I'm an agent of chaos. So I think I think actually what they did was spot on by literally starting the show, long shot, the CM Punk chance, CM Punk chance, letting them linger a little longer, linger a little longer, linger a little longer, then hitting the music and then it just silent, like the no commentary, they just let it happen. And it was a moment, it was a moment in time where like, 
it was something that we never thought we'd ever see happen. Yeah, to that happen. point. There's not many of those in wrestling. Left. To that point in time, it was the biggest story of the decade. Yes. To mm. that point in time. Until Vince. Obviously, yeah, yeah but that's right, in yeah. the future, isn't it, yeah. at this point? But uh, it was the biggest uh, moment of the decade for sure. But I, I like the tone of his debut, me, because he was very gracious, but yeah. also a big fish coming to a smaller pond. I got that air of like, oh, hello there, I'm Chancery Montgomery Punkery. Chancery <laughs> Montgomery <laughs> But don't worry about me being so big and posh. I'm here to make things better for your little pond. The first thing he said, wasn't it? The first line was, you know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh, mm. which I think was a deliberate thing for him to do, to go like, it's also about the others. people. We'll, we'll talk about how effective that's actually been or not. Oh, yeah. But um, the tone from the off was good. Uh, he addressed a lot of things and said that, like, he, he talked about his pre-WWE career, said he was coming back to that, said that, you know, he fired some shots at WWE, which you've got to expect Punk to do because it's CM Punk and it ended in the most... That's everyone wanted way. as well. Absolutely. But I think that had he just come out and ranted about WWE, people would have criticised him for not focusing on the here and now, which he did, um, and then called out Darby Allin. It was all, yeah, I think it was done pretty pretty perfectly, to be honest. And I like the fact that Darby was in there straight away, like a new lad. Little, little, little new lad just going like, oh, I'll get the rub off you there, Chancery Montgomery Punkery. Because <laughs> that's what, because that's what Jack said, isn't it? Is that CM Punk's mindset, uh, the ethos from the beginning was, right, I'm here to get people over and bring new people to the fore rather than kind of wrestle the same old people I've always wrestled. And and I always, and I liked that the, the emphasis of the promo at the beginning was on an AEW guy uh, in Britt Baker, and at the end, it was on an AW guy in Dally Allen, yeah. which I thought was wonderfully done. A yeah. little jab at sports entertainment in the middle for good measure. Oh, oh I yeah. came back to pro wrestling here on this very day. Then we get, of course, the first match in seven years for CM Punk in a professional wrestling ring, unless you count the ones where he's under a balaclava at some little little show. <laughs> <laughs> you know Is what I mean? I don't know. It looked like a mo, didn't it? I mm. heard through the grapevine when we were in WCPW. Oh my god! That um that a certain wrestler from the British Isles had been backstage at a show overseas and there was a guy in a mask backstage and just went, oh, and it was CM Punk. Who was it? I can't, I don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know, where, I'll tell you off camera. Um, but I don't know if um, if that was a true story or not. I never yeah. knew whether to believe it. I reckon it's true. In hindsight, it could have been. Yeah. yeah, he can't get out of his blood, can he? Anyway, All Out is where we see CM Punk versus Darby Allen Punk's first match in seven years. The main talking point of the night, obviously, from All Out 2021 when it comes to CM Punk has got to be the long boys, the long trunks. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I was surprised by the long trunks. I mean, it's an aesthetic thing. I didn't, mas I didn't massively like the long trunks. I was like, why is he doing long trunks now? Has he got like a leg problem? I was just like, where's, his old, where's the old gear? But I guess like... That's an aesthetic thing. I thought the match itself was a was a wonderful reminder of of CM Punk. Yeah. I don't think he was at full power because he's been away for ages. So of course he wasn't going to be, but it was the right opponent, and I think it was the the, the right kind of match. Yeah, and I, I think the story being told uh, incorporated like that he might have some ring rust and everything. It's not like he was actually botching moves and and getting. Oh, they tired. come later. The <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like he was botching moves and getting tired in there. It's just that he played the part of an older guy against this young, fast opponent. Um, and also, when he um, after the bell, when he says to the camera, he says, "You must have flipping forgot that how good I am." Basically, mm. I, I got the shivers like Ed Sheeran when he said that. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's back. Um, also, just on the on the attire, I think that. Had he kept the long trunks for like that was just his default thing, then I wouldn't have liked it as much. But I like it when wrestlers wear a certain 
item of clothing for a certain match so you remember it more in your head. Mm-hmm. So he did it with Eddie Kingston with the like the MMA shorts as yeah. well. So I like I like when he does that. Means you can get more action figures as well, doesn't it? The carny uh-huh. bastards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the, the story of the match, because I went back and watched, this is the one match I went back and watched like in full just to go like, oh, because I can't remember a thing about it. The big story was like, here's CM Punk wrestling Darby Allen. In the first portion of the match, it was just like all wrestler moves, like headlock takeovers and, and stuff on the mat and footwork. You know, we and Jack love the footwork and the professional wrestling. Ross, Ross is a footwork connoisseur. Oh, yeah. I can't spot it as well. But Christian has the best footwork ever. Fancy footwork. Mm, Wonderful like Chromio. Footwork. Yeah, watching. Win Strictly Come Dance if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, but it was all about that wrestling sort of stuff. And then Darby Allen started doing what Darby Allen does, which is bumping like a fiend mm. and taking these big things off the apron and whatnot. And then eventually got to sort of like a sports entertainment bonanza where Punk eventually got the win, obviously. Um, the little references to Bret Hart is where this is where we first sort of saw them come in with all the clever people on Twitter going, look, they did that thing from Bret Hart versus one, two, three, kid. What do we make of all this as it goes bigger and bigger and bigger as the matches go on and on and on? Uh, in terms of what the little references to Bret Hart or copying the... him <laughs> masturbatory Bret Hart spots I, I think it's I think it's <laughs> part of CM Punk in terms of what he's doing now which is having fun in wrestling I think that for the longest of times what we get from that initial promo is that he wasn't having fun yeah. doing what he was doing and he was pretty down in the dumps working at WWE uh, it just wasn't it just didn't click for him and WWE clicks for some people doesn't click for everybody and whilst he had a lot of success there by the end it was just like nah so here he's just ha- he's having some fun with wrestling wrestling is fun lest we forget mm. uh, and, uh, and it's very I, serious also yeah <laughs> it's, also, it's also well too yeah. but uh, I think I like the Bret Hart little nods and stuff that he throws in I like it when they do stuff that is a little throwback that old fans can appreciate, but new fans, it doesn't take them out of the match, if you know what I mean. Mm. They always make it, he always makes it fit the sort of match he's having as well, because the one against Darby Allen was obviously a spot against one, two, three kid. A big man, well, relatively big man against a little man. He always mm. makes it sort of fit to that sort of, you know. And, and even like the, the one, two, three kid himself, I've seen was, I seem to remember was, was proud of it because they had like a little side to side on, like picture on picture of both of them, which Sean Watman shared. Yeah. So if he's all right with it, we should all be all right with it, really. It is nice. And Bret Hart is good. He's better than Shawn Michaels ever was. <laughs> I switched my You've changed your tune, yeah. A few years ago now. Yeah, yeah, but I am That's fully another podcast for another time, I do oh, believe. We should do it, shouldn't we? Uh, then we go from Darby Allen All Out to a little brief feud with Team Taz that produced the oh. most earth-shattering meme, or meme as the kids might call them, in AEW history. Send hook. Send hook. Would you say that that catchphrase is what helped just get Hook over the top as a as a performer that he is now? Because it was, I, I thought Hook, the, the concept of Hook was sort <laughs> of doused in irony at the start of when, like, when he first appeared. Because, oh, he's a young lad, he's Taz's son, he doesn't say a word, he's got lovely hair. Oh, let's just cheer him for no reason whatsoever. But obviously he's come out and been like El Duapo Guapo, whatever the hell his nickname <laughs> is now. I'm sounding like Jim Ross now. And he's proved he's fantastic. But at that point in time, Punk just sort of saw the sort of irony cheers that were going his way and thought, oh, I like that. Let's yeah. make it even bigger. So Let's I think own that, it. it helped into that. This is obviously before. I Hulk think it would have got in there anyway. Yeah. But I think Punk might have been the catalyst, as he likes to call himself anyway. So mm. yeah. he does like to call himself the catalyst, doesn't he? It's one of those little examples again of how like CM Punk's um remit for being in AEW was to get characters and get people over. And even with even like is he such an established talent that him even saying like send hook, it kind of puts hook in that stratosphere. Yeah. Which 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 sounds quite a silly thing to say. But then it's but it's because it's 
it's CM Punk referencing something. Yeah. And, he, and CM Punk's very much there. I think he's very aware that, like, especially when he just first returned to wrestling, there's, like, a magnifying glass on everything he says. So anyone mm. he mentions is going to get a little boost, at least, from just even being mentioned by Punk. It was a really unique situation. Going from mentioning to full-on grappling, though, the main sort of feud for CM Punk against Team Taz was against Powerhouse Hobbs. CM Punk's first match on cable television in seven years happened at Grand Slam in that there tennis arena. Steven Scudez was there. Wonderful times had by all, but Powerhouse Hobbs made to look like an absolute beast by CM Punk put through the announcer's table in a really gnarly way. More gnarly than most table spots, <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. What, he I can't remember fat, it. He just went, yeah, oh, on, right, on the, right. the, 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 the announcer's table up on the stage. Oh, yeah. It looked horrible. You have to go back and watch it. Um, Hob, uh, he made Hobbs look really good in defeat for Hobbs because that was, you see CM Punk and you see Powerhouse and you think, oh, there's only one winner there. But Punk, on the way to victory, which of course he had to be at this point of his AW run, made Powerhouse look like a star. He did indeed. No, he did. And it's and it's very few people that can give you that impression that maybe, just maybe, Hobbs might shock the world here. And there was a brief couple of flurries in that match where you thought so. But then then Punk getting the win, I don't think it hurts Powerhouse. Do you think Punk deliberately chose his first few opponents to prove that he can still wrestle multiple different sizes and types of wrestlers? So he's like, I can wrestle a small man. I can wrestle a large man. I think it was deliberate that they were all like newer names. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, just to get them all up a bit, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Aye. There was a scary spot in this match though, where Punk's going for the hurricane run off the top rope, but he slips on his head. Mm. Sorry, yeah, slips off the, the top, mm. like the middle top turnbuckles and then lands on his head, but still goes on to win the match. And this was for me the, the sort of starting point where we were starting to learn that Punk is going to be like a full-time character in AEW, mm. not just a Johnny-come-lately. This was, this was again, another another sign of early Punk, which was a case of he's actually going to be here every week and he's going to wrestle lots of matches. Like In terms of, like he's had 21 matches to at the time of recording in AEW and... Only a handful of those have been sort of key matches. And that's no disrespect to like Daniel Garcia or, or, or Matt Seidel or QT Marshall, but it's more the case it's only had a handful of those like proper storyline matches. A lot of them have almost been exhibition matches on telly. Mm. Get the win ranking up if yeah. they still matter. Do they still matter? I don't, I don't know if they know. do. Let's bring know. in random reality start the challenge for a title. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrestling to us. <laughs> But speaking of Garcia, that's where we go to now on Rampage. And this was what this really helped Garcia in my estimations because he was just a little boy, a little bland boy. (laughs) And he's getting in there with the likes of Punk and obviously Brian Danielson later on down the line. And he's just doing technical wonders. And again, it's the footwork, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Danielson thing actually, because I'd actually forgotten that. So I think the Danielson Danielson things overshadowed the Punk thing in case of Garcia I think Danielson made he's DM Garcia not, not CM Garcia Ooh. Danielson made Garcia Aye. that makes sense oh. Aye, but this was a different style of match for CM Punk we sort of saw like but I, I don't want to say bog standard wrestling but he was sure he still had his fundamentals mm. as Jim Ross might say against Darby Allen and he's doing big sort of like working from underneath and coming back against Powerhouse Hobbs and here he's just doing technical stuff and he wins with the Anaconda Vice for the first time in AEW, showing he can still do it all. And it's again, like Jack said, it's 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 a part of it. Is CM Punk going, look, I can still go against a multitude of different people in different ways. And it's him just sort of sta- scattering that stardust quite far apart, quite far and wide across AEW. Mm. By, you know, by, as you say, because so many people have got, he's, he's so magnified at the moment. Mm. Anybody that he's in around kind of is elevated a bit by that. Obviously, Daniel Garcia has done some exceptional work with Brian Danielson lately. Mm. Uh, so this was long before that happened, but didn't do Daniel Garcia any harm getting no. in there and tapping out a punk. 
but it also made Punk look really good because he was able to hang with this guy that everyone seems to recognise as like the new Brian in many mm, respects. Yeah. Um, he goes from there. He's worked the younger lads, and then he goes to an old friend. He goes to Matt Seidel in a match that Tom briefly mentioned there. This was the the Rampage where Rampage for an hour went head-to-head for, with SmackDown for an hour. And this match here is what they oh. put on. And this won. This not won the, the hour. Oh, not the Suzuki one. It like overlapped, didn't it? Was it the Suzuki one as well? I, I can't versus remember, Daniels? to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. But this is definitely one of them. <laughs> it was yeah, CM yeah. Punk versus Matt Seidel. Uh, Punk wins with the GTS after uh, just an entertaining match where it just felt like two older lads who used to be pals back in the day, the Dandy Warhols, getting to do it again mm. on the big stage. A long time ago, we used to be friends. Did you feel bohemian like them? Yes, I bloody well did. <laughs> I don't know any of the songs by them. I only know those two. I think everyone only knows those two songs. No, Tom, you might know another one. Radio uh, I, DJ. I literally only know bohemian like uh, you. <laughs> You know Nothing else got radio play. A long time ago, we used to be friends. Oh yeah, that was them, wasn't <laughs> We've it? We've done it really well there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Didn't test well on hard, we did so the we didn't play high it. low thing, and it sounded like the song. That's good. <laughs> any uh, memories uh, of that uh, side L match? Which what a war no, of I sorts. don't have uh, any memories of that side L match. Mm, actually, interesting. Uh, only the the hype around the fact that like it was celebrations and champagne popping in Tony Khan's office because yeah. you say that half an hour where they were up against SmackDown, it was mm. like, hey, this CM Punk bringing all the SmackDown audience over. I think great shout by Rampage to put Punk in there. Yeah. You know, because again, because at this point, like this is only what, four matches in to his to his return. He's not been back that long. So there is still a lot of intrigue around that. So if you're going, hey, SmackDown lot, this show is a bit at the moment, isn't it? Mm. How about you come over and see an old mate and see him in... in what do we call him? Mr. Flippy Sidal. <laughs> Montgomery Punkery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chancery Montgomery Punkery. Chancery Punkery. Montgomery Punkery. A big fish in a little bit of AW pond. <laughs> uh, but now we go through a match against, speaking of ponds, Bobby Fish. <laughs> hey! um, because this is... This- this is more about Bobby Fish than CM Punk for me. Yeah. Bobby Fish, at the start of his AEW run, was having bangers on television for no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> and I was here for it. He just had this stream. You're a big Bobby Fish fan. Oh, I love Bobby fair Fish. Enough. He looks like he's 75, but he wrestles like he's 35. Yeah, that's, that's fair Bobby enough. Fish. Yeah. Uh, but he was having these string of like 10-minute matches where just things were happening, big bumps and all sorts were happening. He had another good match here with CM Punk. But then we get on to Punk's first proper Josie feud in AEW. And that's when Eddie Kingston he interrupts oh. CM Punk on a, uh, while Punk's doing a promo immediately after King. Kingston lost to Brian Danielson in the semi-finals of the World Title Eliminator, like the fourth one they did, maybe yeah. they're on to like the twelfth World Title Eliminators. We're sat here right now, <laughs> um, and this was obviously, as I say, the, pop, uh, the proper first uh, feud for Punk. Any overriding memories of that little promo there in the early stages of the feud? I remember thinking, oh, hang on, my special boy CM Punk might not be that nice of a man because mm, this was when he started being a dick on the microphone, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. and I was like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" But it was really good. Obviously, the promo work was great. Might have been a lot of reality to it as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they genuinely didn't like each other. I think they might. Well, it was for but the Ring of Honor stuff. Put that all aside for for to make to do good business, mm. as they say. There's a lot of that in what CM Punk does, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot. There is a lot of that idea that you know, whilst he's very proud. Uh, of of what he does and takes a lot of pride in what he does mm. like it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be like the sweetest nicest man ever he's quite an uncompromising figure Uncom- by the sounds of it uncompromising yeah. it's a great way to describe him so when you have these storylines that are laced with reality like the one with Kingston you are going to see that punk come to the surface and it is going to hit like a bit of a shade of grey it's going to make him look a bit heelish as well mm. because you know Nobody is purely a nice person. Like they're all like everyone's a shade of grey. Yeah, see that. That hits differently coming from you, Tom. <laughs> oh, it's like I, a, a scene from a movie. Serial you know killer I'm not. The, you the know. origin story of Tom Campbell before he <laughs> killed several people. <laughs> 
Um, oh my but God. I, if you type into your YouTube search engine machine, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, Rampage, and you see a thumbnail with them both stood there with microphones in their hands, just give that a watch because oh. that was the promo battle, which was, I think, the best one in AEW to date. Yeah. Well, about the time this one happened. This is the one where uh, Kingston accused CM Punk of being two-faced when the pair were in Ring of Honor back in the day. Punk lambasted, um, sorry, yeah, Punk lambasted Kingston for the way he looked back in the day and not fulfilling his potential because he had a little bit of a belly. Yeah, he was really, yeah, like Kingston was really like, almost like Punk tried to get him taken out of the business almost for not looking the part and not not putting the effort in. Whereas Kingston has just grafted and grafted and grafted the way that he has. So of course now it's time for a receipt. You wonder yeah. how long something like that, when CM Punk came back, whether Eddie Kingston, whether that sort of that little bit in the back of the mind sort of came to the front and went, if we ever get into a promo battle, I'm going to have to go there. Yeah, maybe. And, and as you say, how much of that is still... I know. Quite rooted in reality. And I like the the contrast in the way they both cut promos because Punk's all like, I'm very well-spoken and fancy and witty and I can say things and get a response. But then Eddie Kingston is just like, I don't like your partner. Yeah, just really, <laughs> just really real and just, yeah. And it, and watching it, even though, as Ross said at the start, I'm a big Simple Punk fan boy. Fan man. Fan man. Not a fan boy. Fan man. Not a fan, fan boy. Man. <laughs> fan man. Um, I found myself... Just in the in this feud, wanting Eddie Kingston, not wanting him to win when I've got my like analyst brain on, like, oh, that would derail Punk's push and all that. But just to, from a pure story perspective, I thought, yeah, no, I want Kingston to win, actually. He's I'm only saying this, by the way, because that video you did about Punk recently. I made it in What the video. was it called? I forgot it was, what it was um, called. The true story of the original Summer of Punk. Ah, at the end, I started getting quite emotional. Jack. Oh, what a... <sighs> Well, he just he, he brought it all. He brought it all back. He brought it all back around. I feel about CM Punk how you do about all Japan pro wrestling. Yeah, okay, I'll get such you. passion, such passion, yeah. such kavorka. <laughs> anyway, they must have known though going into that Kingston Punk thing just to bring that back round is that that it was. You, there's no way that Punk could have come across as a super babyface when a beloved Eddie Kingston is going to go. Actually, you know when I was trying to get in into the system that I'm in now, you were awful to me. Yeah. Like what were like were they? They must have known that that might have turned a few people on. I think Punk. it's quite clever because maybe they thought we don't want to turn Eddie Kingston heel for this one, but the one that's going to be the one who's more immune to that is CM Punk because he's he's still really new back. They're not going to actually outright boo him. We can afford to do this, maybe. They thought that they're, they're still enough like, love there for him coming yeah. back. That... And it just turned into just wanting to see two blokes really batter each other. Do yeah. you remember what we were all putting our media studies GCSE towards and like analyzing this feud, how what CM Punk had become? Do you remember what we're all saying? No. Punk had become Cena. Oh. Kingston was Punk. Mm. Punk had now, become the Harlem Grub Trotters. Punk was the New York, the Yankees. The Yankees. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, Iconic yeah. promos. Never forget them. <laughs> um, but then we get the match. John Cena. Just... <laughs> I mean, John Cena probably is the Harlem Globetrotters now. Yeah, like, he probably true. was the Yankees, yeah. and now he is the Harlem Globetrotters, where he turns up every so often for an exhibition that everyone's just happy to yeah. see. And there's no real competition. Who's just nice to pop by for a bit of the wrestling. Eddie Kingston's like a nasty team that's hard to break down. He's like the... Bolton Wanderers. He's the Bolton, yeah. Bolton of I am the Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> I'm Stelios Yankopoulos. <laughs> Someone will get that. Uh, the match oh, of Stelios Yankopoulos because he's from New York as well. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the match of Dan's loving it, by the way, behind the camera. Yuri Jokaev. Um, the match of full gear is where we're JJ going. JJ to... Okach. <laughs> Tommy, you got anybody from the Bolton Wanderers in the mid noughties? Um, no, but can I add Fernando? Can I, can, uh, Fernando. Yeah. I was going to add uh, former West Bromwich Albion player Paul Pesky Salido. Mm. Can I check him in? Very go. good. There's a deep cut. He'll uh, end of the podcast next week. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. The match at full gear is where this one goes to, and it was compelling because the pace, it was like, what ish? 
into sixth gear and we're just flying through and battering each other. But again, it comes back to the idea that Punk is coming in and having as many different types of matches as he possibly can. Yeah. This yeah. one Remind stood out I especially. Can do whatever. Like, this one to me stood out especially as well in that regard because I think it, up until this point, this was my favorite. This is still one of my favorite Punk matches in AEW. This was really good and... Do you remember how short it was as well? 10 minutes they or so, packed, yeah. uh, They packed a lot. 11 in, and 10. 7. Ooh. Wow, you've got it. Ooh, very good. 7, 7 11. But they packed, oh, yeah. it never felt like they were rushing unless it was a frantic bit of action, but they packed loads in as well. It was masterful. Masterful bit of pacing from the from the boys. And you know the little bit where we go back to the, the Harlem Globetrotters that was John Cena and now CM Punk in this feud, obviously. Punk went for the five moves of doom, but was cut off just before the five knuckle shuffle, no, bros. No, didn't. My God. My God, yes, he did. He bloody well did that and confirmed that was the story they were telling. And then wonderfully as well, uh, which would bleed into future storylines, Eddie would refuse to shake Punk's hand after the match, but obviously he came out looking great because, you know, not my respect, partner. I, I, I think it was right for Eddie Kingston's character to not shake hands with Punk then. Yeah. And it's maybe the only instance I can think of a babyface refusing to shake hands. It's not seen as an outright heelish thing to do. Everyone was like, oh, fair enough. Because yeah. Punk wasn't just going for the handshake like, Oh, you're really good. He was going like, I've beaten you. Mm. I was like, don't it, change. It that. was in a real sarcastic oh. way. So Eddie's like, no, that's not the handshake I'm having. Yeah. Get get stuffed. But then I enjoy the how Jericho then refused to shake. Well, he did shake his hand, but he low blowed him out. It all, it all, there was mirrors everywhere. And there's one more on top of that as well, but we'll find out what that is oh, in a little bit. Okay. Three letters. Oh, yes. Yes, that one. Um, but I reckon in the future, when Punk is a proper bona fide heel in AEW, which I think is coming, I think they're working the sheets. Do you want to talk about that now? Do you want to talk about that now? Oh, yeah. I think I think the, the dirty sheets are in the pocket of AEW. Okay. Well, I think they're feeding them these stories to help build this arsehole perception about CM So then when he turns heel. Yeah, it would be real. I think that's what's happening. I've got my tinfoil hat on well, good and proper here. Well, it's interesting because um, we do the classic Nitro review to Sam Driver and I on the podcast feed. And you're about to see on the podcast feed, I think tomorrow, our watch along of Super Brawl 96. That's the I respect you, Booker Man, Pillman bit, mm. where Pillman ducks out. And I'm reading the Wrestling Observer from that week. And again, it's that idea of this is a very real argument, a very real issue between Bischoff and Punk, between Bischoff and Pillman. <laughs> oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, not entirely sure, but, the, the, but Meltzer was kind of very much of the impression that no, this is a real issue that they're trying to work out. If not, it is the most elaborate work you could ever possibly imagine. So, and, and it turned out to be the most elaborate work you could possibly <laughs> imagine. Uh, so I, it would... I don't know. I mean, because it's just... I, mean, I, mean, I don't know either. His, his, like, <laughs> history has... We've ha had this game played before where, mm. where Sheets are certainly fed a certain... Uh, narrative to go, this is definitely what's happening. I, I, I love the fact that we're all getting worked sometimes. Now. I'm just going to put I'm this all right out with there. it. I'm going to circle back around at this point, the end of the video, because then we'll have more evidence there. But this is the first, the, the Kingston feud was the first example of someone going on AEW and cutting a promo about how much of an arsehole CM Punk was backstage. And it won't be the last time we'll Ooh. see it in the first year of CM Punk and AEW. Mm. <laughs> but also, I reckon if Punk does turn heel, Eddie Kingston will be proven right, and that could be a world title. Few that like look, I was right way back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I told you. I yeah, told you. Like, I told you so. Like when Sting said Jeff Jarrett was poisoning TNA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same That's as that. What we all thought of, right, lads? <laughs> yes. Am I right? <laughs> now we go from Kingston though to I reckon CM Punk's marquee feud as part of AEW, the one against MJF, oh, yes. which kicks off when Maxwell was gloating about who he defeated in AEW. He said, nobody's on my level. And then out comes CM Punk to confront him. And second time, he refuses to shake the hand, just like Eddie had done to him three days mm. before. Handshakes are important in Ring of Honor. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, it felt really early for this view to be happening but I wasn't complaining what was, did you think it was too early or just let's go for it I think let's just crack on because obviously the Kingston thing like because think about it before the Kingston match like you had his debut with Darby Allen. So Kingston kind of the first meaty feud that he had mm. uh in, in AEW. I thought, okay, right, we've 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 done our reps now, we've warmed up. The Kingston thing was a bit of spice, and now let's just crack on. We haven't got CM Punk on the books just to have like decent 12, 30 minutes matches with like Bobby Fish and Matt Seidel, etc. How about QT Marshall, Tom? Because that's happened oh. in this feud. Oh. <laughs> that eleven minute banger with QT Marshall. Like he's not here to do that. Let's give him something. And if MJF's there mm. and he's ready to go, let's give him MJF. Mm, yeah, Jack. Yeah, I agree as well. I think that um, if you'd held off for too long, then you kind of lose a bit of the, I don't know if shock value is the right one, but I remember being surprised when the, the feud happened so early, but not in a bad way. I was like, all right, we're doing it now. Let's go for it. And it was when Punk came out and um, didn't say anything and just was, and just laughed at him and walked to the back. And I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be different. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, it was bloody did. different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh my God, we didn't see the directions this one was going. But obviously the promos played a massive part in this one. Obviously lots of real life stuff was mentioned, like the failed MMA run of CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk calling MJF a less famous Miz, which was used as we're sat here now, last night on NXT. They take from the best, don't they? They really What a wonderful do. promotion. Promotion of the year. <laughs> uh, the comparisons to a scene of the punk lead doesn't want to have them. MJF was throwing them. It's him. Punk comparing MJF to Triple H in that he'll only be... Uh, successful if Tony Khan has a daughter he could marry yes. this that and the other PG Punk of course was brought into the, the lexicon of AEW as well mm. uh, MGF just runs away from Punk for ages uh, before they get to the episode of Dynamite in Long Island mm. this was weird but also wonderfully done yes this is where the crowd are just uh, take it, take it in a different direction, and and but they anticipate, kind they of anticipated, anticipated it, it and they lean into it yes and they own it um, did it Enhance the story in any way? Yeah, because yeah, he he's got a following, any MJF. He's got mm. a, a cult following in his own bit. But it, but it didn't change the twists and turns of the story. It was almost just like um, kind of akin to when they had uh, the Heart Foundation do a show in Canada, where yeah. for a week they'd act a little more nice. Oh, I've got a. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with you, but just to play devil's advocate, devil's I'll say that maybe it did have a point because it it plays into when we look back over everything, it plays back into this. Uh, instances of heelish behavior from CM Punk. So you could say that it's yeah. another example of that. I don't know if that is by design. It's though, like but... an, it's almost like a, like a live dress rehearsal of mm. CM Punk as a heel. Yeah. Maybe, and going, yeah. yeah, this would be great. Which, yeah. we, which would, would Although, be any I mean, doubt anyway. Yeah, we all know that CM Punk's a great heel as well. But yeah. yeah he's but or if you're, you're being cynical, him just knowing, I'm not going to win here. I'm not going to get some money out of these marks for some t-shirts and whatnot. So I'll just be dicks to them. Why not? Instead of playing this nice guy facade that I've been playing so far in AEW. And again, it's that thing where it's like Eddie Kingston kind of said, you're an ass in real life. Yeah. And there he's CM Punk. The first chance he gets going, yeah, I'm I hate not... you all. You're all rubbish. So it's like, maybe it's, it's, it is like all these little things are being planted for CM Punk to just be a, a phenomenal asshole heel. Mm. I hope they do it because we've seen, I think they need we've to. seen a big storyline in AEW before where it seemed for all the world like someone was going to turn heel and then he didn't turn heel. And then he went to WWE. Mm. <laughs> and Tom was yeah. right. Tom was right. <laughs> we're still on that do, one. Do, do. Uh, but of course, do, at do, this, do. I can't this... believe you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have put my house on him turning here. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Oh, yeah. 
At this Long Island show, CM Punk did the thing we're all saying MJF to do, which was come out to the other guy's theme, and that just kicked things off in a wonderful way. Just thought yeah. it was worth mentioning there. Their first match together where they were in the ring, but not like directly against each other, was when MJF teamed with FTR, sort of like the dying days of the pinnacle where they took on Punk, Darby, and Sting, where Punk had Surface mm. Sting's face paint on. Just a big, fun, house showy, baby facey, winny match. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was nice. I liked, I liked, uh, I mean, it's something quite special to have Punk and Sting on the same team, yeah. like as a you know, in a wrestling history type sense. Mm. That's quite cool. And I think that it's um, AEW is often at its best when it just goes, "Let's just do something because it's fun." Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. Do more of that, Tony. Come on, why I? Yes. And then we get to the start of this year, and then we have Wardlow versus Punk because, of course, when you're in a feud with MJF, you have to fight everybody surrounding MJF before getting to MJF. This is where Wardlow just spaffs all over CM Punk <laughs> okay. and throws him all around the arena, <laughs> only for MJF to try and get involved, which, of course, feeds into the sort of dissension between Wardlow and MJF at the time. It all backfires, which allows Punk to roll up Wardlow despite getting battered for the victory. And then we get to Sean Spears. That's over <laughs> double quick time, which it should have been the case with QT Marshall. Why did they do that? <laughs> what? Was that 12 seconds in the end, wasn't it? It was just like, ah, get you gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Like, I feel like, could you not have given QT Marshall the short with the greatest respect to QT Marshall from a visitor of Cultaholic Island, QT Marshall? Oh. You could have given him the short match. Oh, and Sean Spears I thought you were going to say, time. could it not have been QT Marshall who first was the first person to beat CM Punk in AW? <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. QT, Q, yeah, QT is greater than CM. Yeah. Pass it on. <laughs> But then we get to Punk versus MJF, not on a Papa view. Oh, no, it's on a dynamite where for the first time in six months, oh. Punk's first six months in AW, he was undefeated. He, I forget how long it was, Tom. It was in the 40s, was it not? The match length, 40-odd minute yeah, match. Like, yeah, like a good chunk of the entire episode of Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. What a belter. Mm. Punk in his home town, like really hometown arena. Because it wasn't the old state, was it? It was the, the other one. That uh, their other one. I can't tell you. Go on. Wintrust Arena. Up the Wintrust. Up the Wintrust. <laughs> don't know what Wintrust is. Never trust win when you're at my yeah. age. Oh, God. <laughs> you could follow through. And that's what these two did here because they had a banger of a match. And technically, MJF beat CM Punk twice, but of course, the first time he was caught cheating. Mm. Mm. It was a bold, it was really bold. I remember thinking, I can't believe they've had MJF beat him here on TV. But in hindsight, now I see the way the rest of it played out. I agree. Yeah, absolutely yeah. the right thing to do. I think it was, um, I just, they, it was just, a great TV match. Yeah. These two just beautifully worked together and Punk made MJF look like, not that he wasn't a star already, but just got him right to mm. that next level, gave I, him some bragging rights that he can carry with him forever. I think Punk probably is quite a fan of MJF just from seeing how seriously he took him and how what height he tried to elevate there for you too. And he, he lost his hometown. He's obviously he lost a nice him in his guy. Hometown. Yeah, he took the L twice in his hometown. Must he's a wonderful man. Must be a lovely man. <laughs> but I think, and also as we'll talk about the rest of this feud, if this had been, not to name any names, but a Chris Jericho feud, then they would have had 10 more rematches yeah. and Jericho would have won the last one. And uh, Therefore, he wins the feud. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then we get to another sort of, we're building to another MJF versus CM Punk match because of the nefarious means of uh, MJF's victory in this one. But to get there, Punk has to, to, he wants to pick the stipulation, does Punk, but to get there, he has to once again defeat people who are surrounding MJF. This time he has to defeat FTR in a tag team match, whereas partner, CM Punk's partner, pronouns pal, it couldn't be Sting or Darby Allen, so he called upon who? Do you remember? No. Don't know, John Moxley. <laughs> oh, this was yeah. Moxley's return match. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. CM Punk spoke so wonderfully about uh, Moxley when he first took his, um, his breakaway to go to rehab, mm. and that sort of came full circle with Moxley coming back to help Punk in this now match. Now they hate each other at the time of recording. Yeah, I oh. do. Bloody terrible, isn't yeah, it? it is. Hey, hey, hey. Tough time. Yeah, it is. Tough time. Uh, any memories of that one? 
I I don't really remember much of that match. Just remember, I just it was remember a the reception match. for Moxley was huge. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. It was he about came back looking twenty five years younger. He oh, he, he looked, looked fantastic. great when he walked out. Yeah, and this win for Punk and Moxley obviously sets up the dog collar match. Be my Valentine. That was Ooh. great. I loved that. Not only was it Valentine's Day when he said that, but also Greg. Greg. And he was Piper. And Piper was saying, you think you're Piper in Portland? I'm Piper and you're Greg Valentine. It was better than that. It was better than I just did it there. I hope it was. Yeah. <laughs> then he also showed the, the picture of MJF, which made this thing go in the direction which I don't think anyone sort of anticipated it going. We got the origin story of why MJF oh is a dick. God. He's a dick and a professional wrestler because uh, uh, CM Punk, sorry, left the professional wrestling business and that was his hero. It yeah. was his hero. So he's like, I've got to become a professional wrestler, but just out of pure spite for this man who left me high and dry as a fan, I'm going to become an arsehole and become MJF. This, around this sort of time, before the Punk feud, I remember the sentiment around MJF was slightly changing and I remember on the podcast we talk about like, is he actually doing his best promo work here or is he just like in the feud with Brian Pillman Jr. just saying the most offensive stuff he can think of? Mm. And I think this won people back round because uh, the the skill in that promo when he needs to come out and be vulnerable and obviously at first everyone's booing him and everything and he manages to somehow like semi-turn the crowd in his favour. It's great. And then it was proven that he was just manipulating everybody, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that that yeah, the hug and the low blow, and then just the blood. Well, that came slightly. Yeah, this is just yeah, before that. This was just before that. So the, one, the one where he, the one where he, uh, I, I thought it was. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, no, before I thought it was good. that, and then... I'm next like, week, the oh, next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mixed them up because then they have the hug. And then... No, because in that week between the two promos, there was think pieces on Reddit going on, oh, this is classic gaslighting. <laughs> Everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> well, I think there was that thing at the Instagram, I forget what the Instagram account was called, but he referenced mm. the DM, didn't he? And it was actually true about yeah. like, oh, I forget what the DM was. All. You know what it's about. I yeah. forgot at the time of recording you. Uh, but yeah, in this promo here, all CM Punk does, he comes down and tries to apologize like, to, like a babyface would to the now freshly... Babyface, MJF, <laughs> yeah. because of this really real promo. Then we get to the go-home show for That's Revolution, it. where they're both wearing white. 
Why oh. could they be doing that? Punk offers the handshake, but then once again, MJF just doesn't go for the handshake. He goes for something more. He goes for the hug. Then he gets kicked in the dick. And then he cuts the promo, doesn't he, Jack? He cuts that there promo. Cuts the promo. The greatest yeah. trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, the reference in the infamous Snake promo from CM Punk's original Summer of Punk in Ring of... I know he said that there, Ring of Honor, which would have been a bit of a Rossism. I think I know he stole your... Yeah, I don't, I don't that there, the Ring of Honor. On it. Um, <laughs> and he's... Yeah, he said the whole, you stupid old man, I'm a snake, which is what Punk said back in the... It was just... Brilliant. It was like... It, uh, this is when I started to think, am I right in this in my head? This was perfectly tailored for what I enjoy. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't believe it. It was all... Not that I was... I was a bit too young to watch the original Summer of Punk at the time, but I've since learned the lore and the mythology around that. And it referenced it perfectly. And there was the picture, the creepy picture of them on, that he revealed on the shirt. Yeah. And he put the handprint on it. I thought it was fantastic. Got the dog collar out, didn't he? And just hung him on oh, the ropes yes. while he's pissing blood. And obviously, because he's wearing white, it's just everywhere, turning everything red. The visual is sensational. I remember in that same episode of Dynamite, there was something else that happened with Jericho later in the, in the night that was supposed to be like equally a more gory was it look. Man? Was it Hangman? Hangman getting tied to the ropes with so, Adam yeah, Cole. Yeah, but it just wasn't as... This came early in the show, this, and it just completely blew out the water. Any memories from you, Tom? I just, yeah, I I don't know if he was meant to bleed as much as he did. It's cert- I certainly got the vibe that he wasn't meant to bleed as much as he did, but they're like, ah, look, we're going to own this now. I, I thought it was, I think it's one of the best promo. I've, I've, these two have had some of the best promo battles on Dynamite mm. ever. And mm. like, just, they are just perfect for each other. And, uh, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, this, this is loop, this all builds to something that we haven't seen yet. I know. And it too. hasn't just been. Like it hasn't just been, and that was a feud, and now on to another thing. Well, in my mind, if if MJF isn't gone and he does come back, he's the only man to take that title. When's this going well, let's, out? Let's this, stick our next line because we're sat here literally hours before the unification match between Punk and Moxley. Will MJF come back at the end? Oh, of the- I don't know. <laughs> yes, I think he will. MJF comes yes, out, attacks CM Punk, attacks John Moxley, and says, "You didn't get a summer of Punk." Instead, you will get the fall of punk. Oh, if you've double meaning. If you if you if that happens, then I'm gonna I'm gonna need some proof that you're not in someone's DMs. No, that that is very that's a very good prediction. I think I I think that could happen. MJF's not speaking to anybody. Matthew DM'd him, didn't he? Yeah, even Matthew. I thought you would have spoke to Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great. Cheers, bitch. I'm sorry, Matt. Just tweet a picture of the departures board. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matthew's on the podcast. What did Matthew say? Matthew so said really random, didn't he? You just like, Oh, it's not a new game there, pal. Really, yeah, it was really trying good. to trying to like <laughs> trick him into replying. Like, yeah. <laughs> didn't. I like to think that Matthew wasn't trying to trick him into replying, and Matthew was just going, "This is what MJF thinks this game." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like super, like just like super <laughs> sweet and wholesome. <laughs> you ever played Simon the Sorcerer too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's away playing Curse of Monkey Island. Instead of Ice in the West Country all of a sudden. Oh, have you played Curse of Monkey Island? <laughs> Very be, good. He'll be botching when I'm watching the wrestling. <laughs> tell you. Oi, Matthew from Botchamania. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello. He's not watching this. Anyway, <laughs> this same dynamite where we see the dog collar and the blood and the uh, the snaky promo and whatnot was the dynamite where Tony Khan revealed that he had indeed purchased Ring of Honor, which was bloody good timing, so it was, because what happened when we got to the Papa View, the match itself, CM Punk brings back his entrance theme, which angered people who only covered the Yeah, I, I thought there was an unnecessary amount of anger for this from people yeah. because 
They kind of, because they did it. They did the entrance. They explained it. And then on commentary, there was one line from Excalibur that explained it. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter because they explained it. It's a bit like, it's a bit like rude jokes at a panto, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> some people get it on a different level and that's great. And there's some that don't, but it doesn't spoil what they're seeing. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, and, I, and I like, and I don't want wrestling to be pretending that, you know, nothing matters in history and it's all looking forward and we all have to be hammered over the head with things. I like I like nods to people who might have remembered things from years past or whatever. I like that in wrestling. I like it to be a rewarding viewing experience. Edge coming out to the, 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 the gangrel entrance mm. at SummerSlam. Yeah. Roughly around the same time, exactly. I want to say. But it's like, well, that's fine. It Why also is that fine and that's not? Just because you remember that one more. It also made Cold the Holics Owen Jack Atkins destroy his living room. He said that he tweeted when the punk came out to AFI. AFI, yeah. He, That's just what Jack he, he tweeted, would do. He tweeted that he was currently trashing his own living room. Well, obviously, so. it had historical uh, context because of the stuff with Raven and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And it yeah. was just, I thought it fit the fit what was happening. Mm. It just fit what was happening. It was perfect for it, but if you didn't get the reference, it still didn't affect what we saw. It's it was like a great match. It's still yeah. a gnarly tune, bro, isn't it? Yeah. We still heard Cult of Personality because MJF came out to it. He the did. sneaky devil. He finally oh. did it. But of course, this was the match where uh, Wardlow solidified his turn away from MGF just by leaving the dynamite diamond ring on the apron for mm. someone to pick up and it just so happened to be CM Punk who got but there But before first. that he did that brilliant gag that all best men do at a wedding <laughs> where they go oh where's the ring oh no ruin the day oh. <laughs> you've been to one too many weddings recently <laughs> I, was, I may have been a best man at a wedding <laughs> sorry Sam happy birthday did that doesn't put, sound like you did would you do put that. a twist on it or did you just do the clock you just play the, play the classics um, I did a I did a best man speech where I I said uh, I'd like to start this best man speech with uh, a quote from my favorite film Ghostbusters. Oh, ah, there's ghosts everywhere. What oh. do we do yeah. now? I met Sam. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Thank you. I'm the best at best men's. I was a best best man. This You're the best best man. This... Almost as good as Wardlow. We go. Oh, mm. Can't find the ring. Can we get things back on? Sorry, Rob. This is serious reviews here. Why I apologize. This is professional. Should have had the Ring of Honor entrance. It angered me. Yes. I've turned, I turned off the television immediately. There you go. Because I didn't understand the reference. That's Tom's opinion. I thought this feud was fantastic. I didn't, by at the way. All, it say. was my feud of the half year, at the mm-hmm. half year Culty Awards. Um, and I think it'll, unless something massive trumps it, I think it'll be my feud of the year as well. Yeah. Just like how NXT 2.0 will probably be your promotion of the year. Well, who knows what might happen in the next few months. But um, <laughs> one thing that we need to know is that during this little thing, oh, it was just after I think MJF promised that he and Punk would meet again somewhere down the line. And it would be his downfall. So it could be the fall of punk. Fall of punk. Mm. The autumn of punk. Doesn't quite work in English. Is it? Well, you override <laughs> the pumpkin spice latte of punk. <laughs> Give us a little summary of the feud there, Tom. Um, I think just two masters on the mic who dug deep into the wells of their own hubris and their own mental anguish to bring out something magic. MJF has a wrestling career right now that hopefully he'll come back to mm-hmm. tonight, maybe, fall of punk. But beyond that, a beautiful acting career. And this. This is like, this is showreel stuff that he mm. was doing with Punk. And CM Punk, I think, finally getting his teeth into something really, that really meaty that didn't necessarily lean on things that happened in a previous promotion mm. and more leaned on like the impact that someone like a New York Yankees does have inspiring somebody to get into the industry yeah. and then ending up fighting with them. And it just told a wonderful story that I genuinely hope tonight they loop back round I to. hope so Or if well. not tonight, then at some point they loop back round yeah. to. I just can't think of a, a main event at all out that they could do without having built to it for this long. I just, it needs to be MJF, doesn't it? That's the thing. Why would they move it forward a couple Hopefully, of weeks? Hopefully, so Natasha Bedingfield's right and the rest is still unwritten. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it is written. Yeah. MJF's coming back. 
Well, yeah, I'd argue it writes itself. Feel the rain on your skin. And then we get to Dax Harwood, <laughs> the match, which uh, it might seem a bit innocuous to some. It was a fantastic match, of course, but it was a Bret Hart wankathon. Oh, That's I the imagine the footwork was insane. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'd rather watch it alone. <laughs> in, my, in my bedroom Ross's footsie index was up that night <laughs> but I've met, I need to mention this match because this was the first match where we saw Punko mm. the first one where he referenced the title and not ah. some sort of <laughs> scratching diverticulitis <laughs> <laughs> I've got diverticulitis <laughs> Shane McMahon got diverticulitis from the match someone beat him up but Brock had it, didn't he, during his UFC Oh, yeah, it wasn't... Run. Someone beat up Shaman Man. It was like, Shaman Man has now got Diver Ticket Line. <laughs> didn't he you get it from getting beaten? No, you can't. It, was... it must be like <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah, you get bitten by the mind. The diverticulitis yeah, monster. <laughs> lives within you. Anyway, we get the first little who I'm coming for the title. That's the first proper note that we're getting. The Punk's going for the big one. Over the next few weeks, though, Punk's a little bit ruddless, so he is. He's just having these random matches to build up the win-loss record and get himself, like, top of the charts so people can't argue and go, oh, you don't deserve to be here for your professional wrestling world championship. He beats the likes of Max Caster. Penta Oscuro, mm. which is where Punk was selling the knee so much. Either people thought he was botching or he was botching mm. and he was selling the knee to cover up that, if that makes mm. any sense. So was he botching? Was he not? Does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I, I think that if it was the second one, then at least it's the mark of a veteran. You mm. can do that. Like, like when... I still don't know if Christopher Daniels botched the best moonsault ever on purpose or not. I think I was on purpose, wasn't it? Was it? The knee gave way. Mm, yeah, I think that was quite a deliberate plan. Oh. Uh, but he's, he's doing this because Hangman's obviously in this feud with Adam Cole at this time. And then we get to the final bit where Hangman eventually confronts CM Punk after CM Punk got his final sort of win, totting up victory mm. against Dustin Rhodes. And then we get to Double or Nothing 2022 where the world title matches on and all the promos they cut are just straight down the line and nobody upsets anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, very safe. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I don't know because the stuff they did on BT recently with Hangman going like he's he's giving the Dark Order a pep talk backstage, and someone comes back and goes like, "Oh, by the way, Hangman, Punk's in the ring just called you out." He's like, "It doesn't effing matter. I'm doing important stuff here." What would Hangman do that if it was like really, really, really real? Like, if I it was like... think he would. You reckon? Because I think there's factions in AEW behind the scenes and he's part of the Young Bucks crowd and I reckon Ooh. that Punk's not... I'd like to see... You know Football Manager? You know, you can see the squad hierarchy. You can see the friendship groups. <laughs> I want to see that for AEW, but in real life. I want to... Because I think the Bucks might go... Go on, Hangman, do it. Stick the knife in a little bit. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just wildly speculating. Yeah, I, I thought if they were going to do something, it would have been a bit more like on the nose, like, oh, I'm upset here. Or like mm, there's something he's legitimately enough. done. Mm. Not just like, here's a random funny skip backstage that's been bled into this thing that's apparently melting the backstage camaraderie within. Maybe they're trying to, maybe they're trying to like diffuse the publicity around yeah, it and maybe. say it's not, that, it's not that deep, sis. But mm. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. What do you make of the Punk versus Hangman sort of partnership? Two mega baby faces. Relatively uh, early on in Hangman's reign as well. I'm conflicted because I, I, Punk's one of my favorites ever, but Hangman's story has probably been my favorite in all of AEW. And uh, obviously I don't know him as a person, but he seems like a top bloke. And mm. I don't want Punk to be nasty to him. Mm. So I'm conflicted in a kayfabe level and in a shoot level. I think what was a shame was like Hangman's story was excellent. It was, you know, one of the, oh, as you say, a great God. story that was told in multiple beats over AEW. Yes. Uh, and then he won the belt and then that story ended. And then it's the difficult second book, yeah. which they which they basically wrote in crayon. They didn't quite get their head around like, what do we do now? Like we didn't we didn't think this far ahead. Uh, it seems like 
So then when punk came along, it was a shame because it whilst it should have been like we should have been basking in the the, the glory of Hangman Page having fought all his demons and and was you know riding ahead mm. on AEW, we were kind of at a point where there's a lot of people ready for punk to put page out of his misery and then mm. the rain and it was just like that's a shame that it was at that point yeah because it shouldn't have been it didn't it to me it felt like cm punk was almost definitely beating him yeah. like i couldn't because uh, punk has been so protected uh but but also you know not in a way of like he makes everybody look awful he's, every, the matches have been great and everyone's got their got their in the fact that he's only ever lost to mjf in chicago i thought well, there's no way that page is beating him here i, I wasn't as certain but I did. If I if I had to pick one, I would have picked Punk. But I remember some people. I think Andrew was was surprised. I remember the Punk one. Uh, I think it probably was. Maybe a few people were surprised just because it it seemed like Hangman's reign hadn't fully developed yet. Yeah, that was the thing for me. That it just didn't seem because the the Hangman's reign was bad when it. I mean, looking back on it, yeah, what, like I the know. journey they got. I know they. they How had, do you ever? It's the whole like the chase is better than yeah. the, like how do you ever top that really by know. planning it a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. But then all these just say it. Then all these massive names are coming and it's not like everything. it was a surprise that Page won the title. Oh, yeah. well, what do we do now? No, I know. You I knew know you were going here. But you can't. But you can't. Um, I don't know. Maybe the best laid plans and all that sort of thing. Like maybe you wouldn't have expected the crowd to be so ambivalent about Hangman versus Adam Cole. But in the end, they just started chanting, let's go, Adam. And it kind of ruined the... I'm going to get... When they started telling the Hangman story, I doubt Punk was even in their thoughts. Yeah, right. Or was yeah. he? Because I know he'd been in negotiations for like a year, but waited for the, the sort no, of pandemic. No, but to... I mean, I was surprised that Punk moved into the title scene as quickly as he did, to be yeah. honest. He's suggesting that Tony Khan got distracted by the amount of presses that he was hiring. Well, and you shiny on what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't want to play with you anymore. He needs a... <laughs> is the hangman. He's a cowboy as well. <laughs> oh, my God. And Punk's a spaceman. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say he doesn't do drugs kids <laughs> yeah. he's but, not that kind of space man. different like, kind of space man <laughs> he's not Sam Ryder <laughs> <laughs> the Eurovision man the Eurovision yeah. man not the one who looks like he's always on drugs with his big wide <laughs> mouth anyway Hangman did all that he could do in this feud because I think he saw the writing on the, I think the powers that be saw the writing on the wall here Punk getting more chance than the babyface champion more loves and hugs and kisses than the babyface champion mm. so he turned it into AEW versus CM Punk and now uh, Hangman put himself in the position to save the promotion from Punk in his evil very, ways didn't do very well no he I mean, didn't no. it was a 26 minute match once again a couple of botches again from <sighs> Punk um, we've got don't to mention them more, for reasons I don't, don't know do any why um, lariats, punk. yeah uh, back and forth thing but Punk eventually got the win obviously with the GTS and the comeback story do be complete for CM Punk thoughts on the match itself not not the best one but still good enough I think mm. probably, the, probably the best match of Paige one of the best matches of Paige's title reign yeah the and rain, that's no yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah, like yeah. Archer and Archer had a, had a belt of a da- they had, yeah two good ones with Danielson as well were they title matches yeah. I think so, weren't they? The, the, oh, the, of course. On the, yeah, on what, the am think, what am I thinking? Of course it's not, because he had that no. flipping he half an draw. hour battle with Brian Danielson. He did, he did. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, this isn't the best of his... No, no. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the worst, in fact. <laughs> no, I think, I think it was good enough, but is that what people want from Punk versus Hangman? You know what yeah. I mean? I, think, uh, I feel like they could have developed it a bit more. So I think maybe looking back on it, like the Brian Danielson-Page match was kind of what maybe this should have been because it, it, it very much felt like mm. Page was defying the odds by hanging with Brian Danielson. And, and okay, admittedly, your champion shouldn't be every week going, can I hang with these guys? That's yeah. what Kevin Nash, because I was thinking, oh yeah, he's hanging with Brian Danielson. He's obviously the world recognizes the best in the world doing the wrestlings and whatnot. But then Kevin Nash was like, you've made this guy champion. And then his first defense is a draw. 
Oh, I like the draw. It's not like they're not going all in. Think, you know what I mean? I don't think what would Kevin Nash know about drawing as a champion? <laughs> I, oh. That's a common misconception, Tom. How dare you? <laughs> I don't I'm think, sorry, I'll go back and watch his match with Mabel at SummerSlam 95. I, I don't think, at least in my opinion, I don't think it's quite as black and white as Kevin Nash has made it seem there. Because I, I, I loved the draw. Yeah. I thought that was good. Not to turn this into a hangman video, but I, I loved that. And I thought that you are not every rule is like hard and fast. I think in some circumstances, like against Brian Danielson, you can't have the new champion draw with him. But I mean, everyone dis I, I saw a lot of um I remember on Twitter that that week after that draw, it was like it was carnage on Twitter it was. Uh, I hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed the I like the fact that it was a draw. Then I like the fact that Paige eventually did get the dub. But then does it make the punk loss more deflating after yeah, that. Yeah, it does. Right, fair enough. Absolutely does. <laughs> I can see it from both sides, to be honest with you. On the next Dynamite, though, obviously Punk's floating along in AEW. He's come back. He's won matches. He's had the best feud, maybe in the career, in the in the promotion's history, potentially. I don't know. It's in the conversation, at least with MJF. He's floating along. He's won the championship. He's appearing on Dynamite. He's thinking, oh, nothing could go wrong here. Nothing Let's do a stage dive. We've done a few of those before. And then it's not obviously confirmed that the injury happens here, but he definitely just sort of jumps and sort of lands half on the barricade half not he gets back up on the elevated uh, rampway and he's hobbling and it looks like that's where the injury happened and obviously this is where things the wheels come off for CM Punk because he has to take a break and get surgery because of a buggered foot mm. well I think yeah I, I do think it was in that bit because that same night I think it's that same night we have MJF and then his pipe bomb and you they have a shot where they, they show footage during the break of, of, you know, MJF legging it through the crowd and CM Punk comes down the ramp with one shoe on. Oh, he's got, oh. A sh got one shoe on. Got one shoe on. So I think even at that point, he was like, I've got to go do this angle, but I'm having a bit of a trouble here. Mm. So I'll run out without a shoe on. And so, which made me think that maybe they, he thought, this is just the thing. It'll clear. We'll, we'll crack on with what we're going to do, yeah. which is maybe loop back to that. Yeah, because it was, it was two days later. To your point, Tom, it was two days later on the rampage where he confirmed that he needed surgery and take some time away from the ring. And because of that, we obviously got the interim champion that was John Moxley, who beat Tanahashi in the finals. If that doesn't happen, though, what, what do we think happens? Where does, what's Punk's first proper like def defense for the world title if he doesn't get injured? Ooh, Ooh. Tanahashi. Do you reckon? It would have been Tanahashi Forbidden Door. Oh, yeah, of course it would have been. It would have been that, definitely. Oh, That's yeah. definitely where they were going. After that. After that. Oh, after um, that. After that. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's a bit, it depends, I guess, whether the new MJF was coming back or not. Mm. If he does, we do it. This is a bad day to record this on. We don't know if MJF's come back. Well, we'll just review the, the podcast first year. Kind of strikes again. Um, this doesn't count for the first no, of year. Course. Tonight, yeah. I reckon it would have been then maybe against maybe a Garcia or a Wheeler Utah or someone like that. Someone who he'd beat, but he would. Oh, but not on pay per view. Is this first big feud? Per, well, first, yeah, first oh, big I don't know. Then. I don't know. Well, what's, well I, I think they'd have gone back to Paige. I think they'd have done a rematch against Paige. Like, have a lose again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lose again. Uh, yeah, they would. I think that's where they would have gone. Mm. And it, it kind of feels like this part, like they kind of tease oh, whether or not the, the words of punk were planned or not. I feel like that they would have gone back and had that match. Mm. I feel like it would have been Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. Then he would have done Page Punk again, and I think then All Out would be where you'd see the return of MJF, Fall of Punk, la la la, and then and then from there. I mean, we'll, well then from, then from there, I think that if it, it's one of those ones where it's so clear in my head that if AEW don't do it, despite all the logistical issues and all the difficulties, I'm sure that come along with bookings a long term storyline, I'm going to be livid. I want to be MJF beats Punk, and then Kingston beats MJF. 
and then he's the champion. Ooh, and then, Punk and then everyone, and then we all cry on the podcast for four hours, and Matthew's just delighted, and <laughs> just weeping happy tears. Eddie Kingston's done it. He's done it. <laughs> anyway, but well, that, you, you've got yeah. to kind of it's two directions. It depends whether or not you want to lean into CM Punk as top heel. Because I think if you do want to lean into Punk's top heel, oh. I think you have him. I think you don't do the MJF thing, and I think you have oh. him controversially beat Moxley tonight. No, there's time for him to and turn heel in the future. I, I just get done. that's what my heart wants is a Moxley win, which sets Punk off. See, this is it because I know like like Tony Khan. It seems has been very laser focused on this is the story I'm telling. We're going to get back there now, but you kind of got this wonderful John Moxley title run going on that. I think it's arguably better than his first one. Yeah, I think it is. And well. it feels a well, shame I... to kind of go, like sort of etch a sketch that away and go, anyway, back to what I was doing. Yeah. Like, whereas this has actually been quite a compelling And yeah. I think with the real, life, the real life perception that's now on Punk, after everything we've read over the past couple of weeks, I think now's the perfect time for him like, to be a heel on TV as well. I think it all just fits, fits. It all writes itself, Tom. It does, <laughs> especially <laughs> since the amount of, the, the amount of uh, words that have been given to, like, is the Punk and Page thing a real thing? Like they they they've planted these seeds and they're growing very quickly. So. I tell you what, if MJF does come back, they need to have him be Punk. They can't bring him back. That's the biggest story in wrestling. And then have him lose. I don't think that makes sense. They no, have to have him win. no. Because again, it depends on which direction you go. If, in. if Punk does beat Moxley this week, but you know. mm. depends where you want to go. Because you, you can either have a, fa- a fabulous heel run with Punk, maybe have Eddie dethrone Punk. As a heel. Oh, oh, I told you from the beginning he was a rock. I don't know why he's Barry the Shark. Um, So there's a story you tell there, or whether it is having MJF beaten Punk for the title. Mm. Fall of Punk. There's various directions that can go in, and I hope they pick one of the good ones. I I hope they pick a good one too. Or uh, Tony Khan brings in John Cena and has him win the title. (laughs) Imagine that. No, that would be class. No, that genuinely would be awesome. I just don't think he's brought in enough guys yet. Oh, if he brought in AEW John Cena, I think, oh, that would be fantastic. And the NWO. Yes. Yeah. Um, But August the 22nd, episode of Dynamite, that's where Punk makes his big comeback, of course. One year and two years, one year and two days, sorry, after his uh, return to professional wrestling as a whole to help the BCC take down the JAS. Mm. And the stare down with Moxley is great. And then we get the title match, which obviously announced for all out. And it's brought forward to tonight at the time of recording. And then we get the promo where apparently went into business for himself and said, you know, things about Moxley being the third. Well, not that's mm. not the, the business, but the, the call out of Hangman was the bit where he went for that business. was the business. The yeah. business, yeah. And just saying that Moxley was, you know, the third best man on his stable twice in his career. Mm, second best Johnny's. Who was the other ready? Guerrero. Uh, Umaga. Was it Umaga? Yeah, that's his real name, isn't it? Oh, right, okay. I don't think that's been confirmed, but that's what we, oh, all, that's that's okay. what we were working out upstairs. Oh. So it was, what was he called from um, Unnamed Promotion? We mentioned it on the podcast last week, if you want to go and try and find it. I forget, I forget what it was. I don't know what you... Yeah, there was a guy who wrestled in 2005. For oh, a... Jimmy Rave's type partner. Um, Eddie... Eddie Starburst. Oh, something like that, something yeah. Like Eddie Starburst. Yeah. <laughs> he used to be called Eddie Opalfruits. Fruits. <laughs> <laughs> But I mentioned earlier a point I was going to circle back to at the end of the video. This is the thing I was going to say. We've had Eddie Kingston, Hangman Page, MJF, all cutting promos on CM Punk being an arsehole backstage. That can't be... It's going to be one hell of a video package. That can't be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. That can't yeah. be. It's um, got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be Kane. It's not going to be Kane. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> Kane comes along. <laughs> I've heard that CM Punk was actually quite nasty. <laughs> When, I want everyone to, to do now yeah. then CM Punk I've heard you're a bit naughty yeah but I reckon, I reckon it's got to be deliberate I forget what feud it was but it, I reckon 
well, I remember saying that it's like, oh, we'll realise that Punk's been the heel all along. Yeah, right, right. But right, you look right, at all the those... The greatest trick the devil ever pulled, Ross. Oh, yes, he's, he's a the world. snakey he's a man. Snake. Uh, yeah. That was my snake impersonation from Simpsons. I do like oh, that. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. Boy. Right, yeah. Um, so there we go. That could be a thing. I might just be me speaking bollocks. I'm no, I think, think there's any, any credence, clear water to that. The seeds have definitely been planted, and whether or not they decide to harvest those seeds is up to them. <laughs> they mm. could do it in the fall of punk. No. Oh. It's the best time of year, I've heard. Oh. <laughs> Tom, do you reckon there's anything to that or not? Oh, I, I I love the idea of punk being a heel. I love the idea of him being really cheaty. Because uh, obviously, there's there's two uh, my two ideas for tonight. My main one, I love the idea of it tonight being MJF rocks up beginning of the fall of punk. Mm. The other one is him to beat Moxley and send him back to blind carbon copy without the belt and have him as the guy, you know, and then and but do it in a really devious way mm. that that uh, that sets up. Oh, what if tonight, right? He beats up Moxley. And then and then he and then he ends up punching William Regal. Oh. What if <laughs> if you want to turn heel, bloody William Regal? Yes. Get some colour on Regal. God, who was it back in the day who got attacked by Vader? Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon. Monsoon. It's the same thing. <laughs> it is just isn't it? like that. <laughs> After Gorilla gave him some chops, though, we watched oh, it on the classic Raw review Gorilla, the other week. Gorilla is an intimidating presence in that He's a ring. Massive man. He is huge. Yeah. He's still bigger than Vader. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's hilarious. Right, though. But we've reached the point of our essay here about CM Punk today, where we start the the paragraph with, in conclusion, in summary, I have come to the conclusion that has CM Punk's first year in AEW been a success or failure anywhere in between? Jack, I'll give you five whole minutes. No, no. (laughs) A case study now off the top of your head. I think that on the whole, I think there's been more positives than negatives. I understand that Punk might seem indicative of a wider problem where Tony's favoring these big names that he's brought in over the people who got him to where he is, essentially. But I don't think Punk's one of the main reasons for that. I think that to bring CM Punk into a promotion and not make him champion after he's not wrestled for seven or eight years would have been silly. I think they had to do this, but I think that the other problems are kind of happening around Punk. Can I throw a devil's advocate thing at you? You know how Punk took his break from wrestling and went to MMA? And flopped. Yeah. Do you think him coming back to wrestling and being made the top champion makes everyone else look a bit silly? Because um, he's soft in maybe, real life. Maybe if you're one of those people <laughs> who can't really separate MMA and pro wrestling, but I've never really. Let so I've seen that mentioned a few times by people who hate AEW, admittedly. But you know, we'll mention it because just for the fairness of you know debate and democracy. Mm, democracy. I don't think, oh, yeah, I don't think so there's much bad. to that at all. Yeah. Different worlds, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Different disciplines. I yeah. mean, I mean, Steven Seagal got choked out on a film set, but mm. he's no less a badass than he was beforehand. <laughs> yes. Don't absolutely. compare Punk to Steven Seagal, <laughs> the biggest fraud in the history <laughs> of the world ever. How dare you? <laughs> I, uh, to, to kind of go on what Jack said, like, yeah, there's you couldn't have had someone like CM Punk. Regard, I don't think the UFC thing is. I think I think there's some people who will point that, but I think they're the same people that are happy just to pick <coughs> holes anyway and have an issue to begin with. So therefore, there's a confirmation bias that comes from something that, that completely wholeheartedly agrees with yeah. your opinion. Yeah. And uh, and we see it all the time on Twitter, so let it carry on. And Because obviously, Bobby Lashley has lost fights at Bellator. Is he any less of a compelling champion? He's not the almighty anymore now that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just point that out into the world. But we don't question him because we're not Mike Rescoping. Brock Lesnar lost matches in the UFC. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's even real anymore? I don't know. But you could absolutely, you had to put CM Punk at the top of the tree in AEW, I yeah. think. But what, what has been good to do, sit today and go through, and I go, actually, 
they did put him to the top, but in terms of on TV, in terms of the stats, he earned his way there yeah. by by working with and beating lots of people. I will say in a compelling way. But because of that, and it's not something I necessarily agree with. But do you think the punk then lied when he said, "I'm here to help the," because he came in and beat all these young guys rather than help them, or did he help them anyway, even though he beat them? I think I, I think he helped them because you look at where Powerhouse Hobbs was, for example, mm. when he had his match. I think Powerhouse Hobbs' stock is a lot higher than it was before that feud. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that feud was directly the reason why, but I think it helped. Yeah, I think okay. Wardlow is another guy who benefited from that match where Wardlow like literally beat him. What up. have they done with Wardlow since? That's not Punk's fault. Yeah. Wardlow was ready for that push. Yeah, mm. it's weird. Um, I think, I'm trying to think of more names there. Bobby Fish is. Darby, <laughs> Darby Allen, yeah, he. Darby. I don't know if Darby did Darby benefit because he he'll always lost. be Punk's first match. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he'll always have that to his name, yeah. I guess. But uh, streak had to start somewhere, yeah. as Goldberg said to Hugh <laughs> Morris that time. <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston, because after Punk, then he was feeding with Jericho, and that might have had the opposite effect. But well, that, that brought the halt, the, the, yeah. the breaks to everything, but didn't the, it? But in between the Punk feud and the Jericho feud, Eddie Kingston was white hot, even though he lost. So I guess I don't know. It's an interesting one still. Yeah. In terms of like the numbers and stuff, I think that's where you really break it down. Like, oh, no, they initially for his first night, they they sold out a massive venue on a rumor. On a rumor, mm. uh, the they they had a, an incredible buy rate for the first night he was on the books. Uh, that buy rate has it been it's been wildly inconsistent throughout then. But you know that you you know with the right build and the right story, CM Punk does put more eyes on. I know people who who fell out of love with wrestling and have rediscovered wrestling mainly through CM Punk's return to AEW. Weren't that bothered about AEW before, but it's like, oh, CM Punk's there. Oh, okay. So I do know a few people that that have gravitated back to wrestling. So that's really where the proof is going to be in terms of whether it was a success, a success or not. Um, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but you'd, you'd hope that you could gauge it by going, well, actually, their, their, their revenue, their buy rates, their merch money, which are, which are bellwethers that a lot of people compare WWE with, like they're now at this point and they were here before CM Punk arrived. So there is Well, on the merch, uh, they made, uh, Punk made, his appearance in AW made pro wrestling tees by every single ringer shirt, you know, with the black arms and that, mm. in America because of stock issues. Wow. <laughs> and the fact he was selling out so many times. Uh, I think it's been twice since Punk's been there that Tony Khan's touted the biggest buy rate for a pay-per-view. So that's proof of that sort of pudding. Uh, I think the work with... Pun. Pun. Ras pun. <laughs> AI Raw is on the channel right now. Please watch it. Please, please watch it. I think, yeah, those are the numerical things I think we can say to say that it's been a success. Obviously, the thing we spoke about earlier with working with the youngsters, not having them win, apart from MGF, but then does that make MGF like, wah, mm. and everyone else go like mm. that just by working with them rather than wah. But that, you no, can't have people be, be, beat CM Punk all the time. No, that's that's the diminishing thing, returns. It? If everybody beats CM Punk, then then yeah. everyone's oh rather than mm. wah. Yeah. You want you want a handful of hua. Because if everyone's hua, then no one's hua. <laughs> I believe it was Shakespeare that said yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing for Punk has been the perception of AEW. They are the promotion that got him back to wrestling. Mm, yeah. That guy who every WWE fan was chanting the name of for seven years in arenas where he was never going to be there. AEW was the promotion that brought him back. Yeah. Not even five-star wrestling could do that. No. Not even five-star. Who offered, by the way, one million dollars. Million. Six euros. <laughs> yeah, but did they? <laughs> and they did. They did. It was right. in a newspaper, so it must have been true. <laughs> but I think that's a big thing for me. I think it's it's taken AEW to that. They were already a pretty serious thing. Now they're taking them. Mm. Right. Wah! Mm. Uh, so there we go. But now, interestingly, at the time of this video, now this sort of sputtering a bit. Yeah, because they're bringing in too many fish, aren't they? I don't know if that's mm. Punk's fault. I would still that's not say Punk's fault. I would still Tony say Tony Khan. For me, in conclusion, I think the positives of Punk outweigh the negatives. So do I. Mm. 
Tom? If it wasn't as as, as busy a pond, then mm. I, th- I think it, that, that, again, that's not Punk's issue. Too many Punks in the pond. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Punk's year has been a success. I think it's done great things for AEW. Uh, I, just, I just hope that they have a, a long-term plan that allows more people to benefit from CM Punk being mm. there. Mm. Do you think that, what do you think it's done for his legacy? I think it's enhanced it, mm. without a doubt. It depends on how it ends, obviously. They, they, they can't really talk about the legacy until you know the the, the show is over. Mm. But I think in terms of him coming back, I think I think it's enhanced it. I think it's... I think it has as well. The storyline that that storyline with MJF, I put up oh. there with anything he's done. Yeah, in wrestling ever. Yeah, even when he was like a super work ratey guy in Ring of Honor, having these hour long matches with Samoa Joe. But this, in terms of storylines, it's probably up there with the Cena one, maybe. Yeah. It's really good. It's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. But it's just important to say once again, we're doing this discussion from August the 20th, 2021 until August the 20th, 2022. Anything that happened after that? <laughs> so if this video ages like milk, it's because of stuff that happened after August the 20th mm. of this very year. So let us know what you think in the comments down below. Has CM Punk's first year in AEW been a success or a failure well, or anywhere in between? Huh? Um, when I did my true story of CM Punk, um, he seems to cause a lot of big feelings one way or another. So be ready for the first few comments to all be about how he's a fraud and everyone hates him because yeah. that's what happened to my video. I was like, what have I done? He's rubbish. Next. Yeah. yeah. I, see. I can't wait for the... Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. no. That's not <laughs> the point of the video, guys. Yes, no. Yes. No. Tom's on it. Stop. Yes. No. Thomas. No, Thomas. No. Thomas. <laughs> Let's end the video now. Thank you for watching. I've been Ross Twell from Cultaholic Wrestling. I said my surname in a different way at the start of the video because I wasn't quite awake yet. I've been joined by Jack and, <laughs> Jack and Sam. Oh, no. I said that because someone tweeted us oh. yesterday. Did you see off, off the news video yesterday? And someone was like, oh, Ross and Sam did a funny here and it was me and you. Oh, oh. well, well maybe, maybe it was such a funny that they assumed it was Sam Sam's that was there. Sam's literally got pink hair. Sam's <laughs> That's the issue, Tom. Get it died. I'll I'll work on it. Uh, One thought I'll end on, which is uh, you didn't get a summer of punk, so now begins the fall of punk. That's tonight. The first first, first time you've said that this video. Saying it again, just in case. (laughs) It is a very good idea. Ingraining it in. I think it could happen. I think you could be right. I think it's a good thing to do. Mm. It's a double meaning. Fantastic. Anyway, Mm. time to end the video. Let us know what you think down below. Don't be too harsh on us. We're just... Honest men We're just normal men. a good living and trying to entertain you in the best way possible. Give the video a like, share it if you're feeling a bit saucy, leave a cut, do all the sort of interactions with it. Anything you want to, honestly, put it on some sort of forum if you like. We'll take it all. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next year for the year two review of CM Punk's career in AEW where I guess the tone will be very much different. Yeah. Can't believe he did that thing. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.